You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. And we have a doozy of a show today as the Mets had a very interesting win on Wednesday night. But more importantly, Seth Lugo has been taken out of his crucial role, the back end of the Mets bullpen, and inserted back into the starting rotation. The first half of the show, I'll focus on the game that the Mets just won. Then later on in the second half, I'll talk about this decision to go to Seth Lugo, what it means for this season and beyond, and what it meant tonight as Lugo was not available out of the pen. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Fickelstein. If you want to follow any of my work, Check me out on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. So it was DeGrom Day on Wednesday. He was going against Pablo Lopez of the Marlins, who's essentially been their de facto ace because he did not end up testing positive for the coronavirus. So he's been in the rotation, and he's been very good for them this year, and he was good tonight. It was a real pitcher's duel. In the second inning, Pete Alonso got a one-out base hit. Luis Guillorme beat the shift and doubled to put runners at second and third. And I was kind of surprised here because they were doing that heavy lefty shift against Guillorme. And I don't know where they're getting their stats to know that's the right call. When you're talking about a contact guy in Guillorme who, from what I've seen, goes opposite field a lot. So third base was wide open. He puts it right over the bag, uh, not even really a hard hit ball, but gets that double, was really good in this game altogether, played some good defense and had some clutch hitting. Wilson Ramos, to his credit, got a sacrifice fly in that spot, and the Mets were on the board. Now DeGrom was DeGrom, and it's almost, as great as it is to watch it, it's almost not anything to talk about with Jacob DeGrom, right? He pitches six innings, doesn't walk any, gives up four hits. Strands everyone, seven strikeouts, ERA's down to 193, just effortless, especially against a lineup like the Marlins that's not particularly dangerous. He threw 91 pitches in this game, and you might wonder, why didn't he go out there for the seventh inning? Well, after the game, he did admit that he tired a little bit. He had 10 days off after missing his last start due to neck stiffness, so you can understand that even though he probably would have been The better option for today, you have to focus a little bit longer when it comes to a pitcher as valuable as DeGrom. And if he was tired, you don't want to risk injury. So the bullpen had to be called into the game. Now on the other side, Pablo Lopez, as I said, was great through six, only allowing that one run. In the seventh inning, Dominic Smith had a leadoff double. Robinson Cano, as a veteran hitter, knew to get him over, hit a soft grounder down the first baseline. Dom was over on third. Pete Alonso was intentionally walked to try to set up a double play. But Luis Guillorme got another big hit, which drove in Dominic Smith. That ended up being all the Mets got, though. So they were up 2-0. Jerry's Familia comes in in the seventh. 
He walks a batter, induces a ground out, then gives up a base hit, and clearly the trust is not there. He was removed from the closed game. Justin Wilson comes in. He gets a ground out. But in the process, the runners moved up, so it was runners at second and third with Monte Harrison, a pitch hitter, coming in. Now, Wilson got the strikeout, could have got out of the jam unscathed, but he threw a quote-unquote wild pitch, which scored a run. I say quote-unquote because it was some terrible catching by Wilson Ramos. A ball in the dirt, instead of getting down, he hopped up and tried to olay it backhanded, and the ball went to the backstop, and the runner scored. So that was a big mistake that gets overlooked with everything else that happens at the end of this game. You go to the 8th inning. The Mets get an insurance run. Dominic Smith once again comes through, hits another double. This time there was a couple runners on. Michael Conforto had been hit by a pitch. The Mets end up with the bases loaded in that inning, but the Marlins played some good defense. Eddie Alvarez threw a runner out at the plate with one out, and the Mets end up not getting any more. So the score is 3-1. to Going into the bottom of the eighth. Here comes Dallin Batances. You got to wonder at this point where Seth Lugo. Anyway, Batances comes in. Gives up a couple of hits in the process of getting two outs. Got a couple guys on for Francisco Cervelli. Again, you're not too concerned. I mean, Cervelli has been clutched this year. But he's still batting close to the Mendoza line. Just throw some strikes. See if he can put the ball in play to someone in the field. Unfortunately... Something happens, Batances just loses his command in the middle of this at-bat. He was up 0-2, and then there was a couple pitches near Cervelli's head at the end to walk him. Now the bases are loaded. Then with his command completely gone, he hits Eddie Alvarez with a pitch. Suddenly, the Marlins score a run. They're now down 3-2. Edwin Diaz is now asked to come into the game with the bases loaded. Now, I know Mets are starting to trust Diaz more, but he has yet to come into a game this year without a clean inning, suddenly thrust into action, and all things considered, Diaz pitched pretty good throughout this night, but in this instance, comes in with nowhere to put a batter, is clearly still maybe a little bit frazzled by the situation, I don't know, throws three straight balls, well, I mean, really five straight balls because the one strike he got was about a foot off the plate, but ends up walking in a run. Then he gets a big strikeout, gets out of the bases loaded gym, and luckily things were tied going into the ninth. Otherwise, I think the Mets just lose this game out of, I don't know, tradition. Because <laughs> that's what happens in these instances. Now in that ninth inning, I was still kind of thinking along those same lines. Gave up the lead, they're going to lose this thing in the bottom of the ninth or in extras. Well, Michael Conforto bailed everyone out. Wilson Ramos grounded out. Ahmed Rosario struck out. Then with two outs, Brandon Nemo gets a big hit to pass the baton to Conforto. And he hits a big clutch home run. Probably if you're going to go look through the season. The clutchest hit of the year. Puts the Mets ahead 5-3. Edwin Diaz comes up in the ninth. Mows down the Marlins. Strikes out the side. And the Mets get another victory. That's three in a row against the Marlins. Suddenly, the Mets are only a game behind the Marlins in the division. Two and a half games back from the Braves. But as you know, this year, all the Mets need is to get second place. So they are right there once again. And if they go out and they win and they close off a four-game sweep, they're there. So let's just start with the Mets. 
They did what they had to do. They keep on winning against the Marlins. But I was not happy with the way this game played out. If you were following me on Twitter, I was pretty vocal about all this. And I'm going to talk about that and why I agree and also really disagree with the handling of the bullpen of Seth Lugo and this transition to make him a starting pitcher at this moment right now. In other news, Built Bar is back with the best tasting protein bar ever. A protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and they've come back improved and even more delicious. They have 18 amazing flavors, 12 original flavors and 6 new flavors which include the caramel brownie bar, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and the apple almond crisp. I cannot wait till my Built Bars come in the mail. I have them on the way right now. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and they are healthy too. Right now, they are offering a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. The New York Mets made a very bold decision on Wednesday, deciding to pull their closer, Seth Lugo out of the bullpen and insert him back into the starting rotation. Now, for those of you who don't know, Lugo came up as a starter for the Mets 2016, pitched a little bit in both roles as a long man out of the bullpen, then eventually became a starter down the stretch. There was Lugo and Robert Gazelman as part of a rotation that also had Noah Syndergaard and Bartolo Colon that pitched great in September, and the Mets made it into the postseason as a wild card team. So that was his first taste of big league action as a starting pitcher. 2017, both Lugo and Gazelma get chances out of the rotation again. Lugo pitches to an ERA of 4.71, not the best year. Ultimately, by 2018, he's almost exclusively a reliever, and he has been such in 19 and this year in 20, and quite frankly, the best relief pitcher in the Mets bullpen. In his career, Lugo has a 2.53 ERA, as a reliever and a 4.06 ERA as a starter. I've pointed to all those numbers in the past as to why I like Lugo out of the bullpen. But I understand the rotation is in shambles. Jacob DeGrom still been excellent. Outside of him, not a lot that you can trust. David Peterson pitched really well this year. Don't get me wrong. 2.91 ERA through four starts. The rookie has performed well. At the same time, he's on the IL with shoulder fatigue. He hasn't really been able to go deep into games, give the Mets 100 pitches or anything like that. And even with how well he's pitched, if you were to start a playoff series tomorrow, a three-game wildcard format, how confident are you that David Peterson is definitely going to come through in that spot? For me, not so much. A lot to ask of the kid. You go down the line, Michael Waka hurt. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard, Tommy John, Marcus Stroman. Ops out of the season. Rick Porcello, put a good defense behind him and pray. Because while he's had a couple good starts, I still don't have a ton of confidence there. 
So when you're going up and down the line, there's just not a lot of good options. Robert Gazelman, had he switched to the rotation and taken it by storm and he threw four innings at this point in his second start and he was putting up zeros, maybe the Mets wouldn't have gone here. But Gazelman looks like he could be heading back to the bullpen soon because he has not pitched well thus far out of the rotation. So do you keep counting on Corey Oswalt and the Walker Lackets of the world? Or do you try to get a viable number two starter to go next to DeGrom? I get it. I get the decision. When the Mets are in the middle of blowing a game, I didn't get it as much. And I wish the Mets were creative. They're just not a creative franchise. If the Mets are creative and the ultimate goal is we need to get this guy lengthened out, why the hell don't you just pitch Lugo the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning in this game? Right there. Get his 50 pitches in. He's had some days off. Makes sense to me. Next time out in three days, go ahead, get 50 more out of him. Pitch him in a high leverage spot. Let him close out a game, go three or four innings at the end of a game after a starter comes out with a lead after five or whatever it is. But the Mets aren't creative. They don't think that way. It's very regimented. So they decide, hey, he's starting on Thursday. If we lose on Wednesday because of it, oh well. So I don't like that. And I also don't like the handling of this when it comes to Steven Matz. Because if you play out that scenario I was just talking about, about the Mets being in the playoffs in a three-game series, ideally, if you told me right now which three pitchers would I like to see firing on all cylinders and going into a three-game series, I think I would say Jacob DeGrom, Seth Lugo, now that he's a starter, and Steven Matz. I still think there's something there with Matz. In his last time out, while he didn't pitch well ultimately, he looked good through the first, what, four innings? You have an opportunity in a big ballpark with your team potentially coming off three wins to let Steven go out there against a bad lineup and figure some stuff out. But instead of doing that, the urgency becomes right now, right now, right now, and you pull Matt from the rotation to get Lugo in there before you pull Robert Gazelman, who hasn't done well, before you fill the hole that has been left by David Peterson, other than assuming Corey Oswald starts again. Or Walker Lockett gets another spot start. Like, I just don't understand what the urgency is after what was four starts to pull Steven Matz right now when he's about to face the Marlins. If Steven Matz is about to go and pitch a New York Yankees lineup and he's been rocked all year, okay, I get it, okay? Start with Lugo, trust a good bullpen, and go to a bullpen game. But to do that right now, to... Make the decision that has to happen in this moment. Not only do you cost yourself potentially the game on Wednesday, which ultimately Michael Conforto bails everyone out. And I was ready to destroy the Mets over this game. In the eighth inning, when things are falling apart, when Batances loses his control entirely, when you bring in Edwin Diaz with the bases loaded, knowing that he might walk a batter and he does just that, I'm like, where is Seth Lugo. Because, again, if the goal is to get him in the rotation, even in that spot, eighth inning, wheels start to fall off with Patances. You could have got Lugo in there. Pitches, throws whatever, you know, 25 pitches to close out the game. You have him throw 30 more in the bullpen. You call it a day. Like, the the lack of urgency to win some of these games (laughs) when it comes to... You know, letting Walker Lockett in his last spot start face the lineup a third time through because you're trying to 
preserve a bullpen, even though you have a lead and you can't hold it. And then the urgency to work on some of these other things, like getting Lugo in the rotation right now at the expense of maybe this game, at the expense of Steven Matz getting an opportunity to figure it out. I just hate <laughs> the way this franchise is run sometimes. It just seems like it's backwards. There's a way to be creative, make some different decisions, and find a way to get the most out of your players without being so regimented into roles. And we've seen that last year with the Nationals, putting um, Patrick Corbin in the bullpen between starts to be a reliever they can count on because they couldn't trust their bullpen. We saw the Astros, even though you don't want to talk about that World Series anymore, but the way they managed their staff in 17 to win a World Series by having those guys, the starters, be the closer at the end of the games. The Red Sox did it as well. You don't have to, if, if you want to make the decision to put Seth Lugo in the rotation, you don't have to stretch him out in the first inning to be a starter. You can stretch him out at the end of a game, use him in clutch situations to win some ball games in the process of getting him ready to be a starting pitcher in a season where every game matters. With all of that being said, and that diatribe and everything else, the Mets have won three in a row. They've won five in a row when it comes to playing as the Marlins. If it wasn't for getting swept by the Phillies, they would be right back at the top of this division, despite everything that has gone on wrong. So what you have to hope for at this point is Seth Lugo looks outstanding in his start. The guy has pleaded for this. So now he gets his opportunity. So, you know what? Toss aside the bullpen. Hope that everyone else that's in there who has pitched well this year will continue to pitch well as the next man up. Hope that Drew Smith gets some opportunities late in games. That Patances maybe find some more velocity. That Diaz and Familia can hold their end of the bargain. And then maybe Seth Lugo is your number two starting pitcher now. And if he does well, if he grasps onto this role that he's been clamoring for since he left the rotation. Seth Lugo has an opportunity now to get what he wanted. If he does well now, and he's in this starting rotation next year, the only thing we knew was that Jacob DeGrom was going to be in the rotation, and Steven Matz was supposed to be. Now even that's in question. Maybe David Peterson's there. There's plenty of room for Seth Lugo in the rotation for 2021, and he's not a free agent until 2023, so he can be there too. So this is your chance, Seth. You can be the number two starting pitcher on the New York Mets if you go out and you perform. I'm happy for him. I'm happy he gets his opportunity. Didn't love how it all came together, but that's just me maybe overanalyzing some of this stuff. It is just another day in Mets world. They will try to get the brooms out and complete the four-game sweep over the Marlins on Thursday. We'll see what happens. As always, thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your smart device to play podcast locked on Mets.